0: Hey, we're Ginger and Jeremy Bolo. Welcome to the Hope We Hold podcast,
1: where we have weekly conversations around our family table to share the hope of Jesus. Well, time. Time is a gift that God gives to every one of us, but it's constantly and very quickly passing us by. Uh, You can't take back lost time. Um, I just turned 33 and... I'm very aware of time on my birthday, Uh, and so we want to talk today about how we can make the most of our time, and specifically, how do we find our calling in each season of life? Um, What should we be doing with our time? That's a question that we will be discussing today with my mom.
0: Yes, I can't wait, and we're going to hear a bit about her journey in life and how she came to see time as one of the greatest assets in making a difference in this world. And now, my goodness, I mean, she's an advocate for the most vulnerable people in our society, children who are essentially orphans, and she's serving them with her gifts, talents, and opportunities.
1: Yeah, we can't wait to uh, share more about that and to hear from her. My mom is a uh, an incredible woman mm-hmm. um, who's really lived a fascinating life and uh, I love very dearly. I know you do too. Yes. Um, so I'm Was definitely <laughs> partial to this episode. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is my favorite. Um, <laughs> and I don't just have to say that. I, I, uh, I love my mom. And so before, guys, we jump in, we want to remind you about this little thing we're doing on social media about our hope story, um, an opportunity for you guys to share your journey of hope, whether it's through joys or trials, with us. And so... Um, tag us on social media. Um, Our handle is at hopewehold and use the hashtag ourhopestory and uh, share your journey of hope.
0: Yes, and also rate and review the podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts. It's so helpful hearing feedback from you all and how the podcast has been an encouragement to you, but then also topics you would like for us to discuss as well.
1: Yeah, and also I forgot to mention, I I think I do every time, um, you can email in, uh, your your stories too, um, or just share your thoughts at contact at hopewehold.com. Um, so today we want to share the story of Stephanie Medeiros. She wrote in and uh, told us a, a really beautiful story. Um, here's what she wrote. This is from Stephanie. I wanted to share my story of hope as well as the struggle I have faced along with it. I think it's so important to talk about why we have hope, and how we hold on to it, even during the darkest times. I am the daughter of alcoholic parents and step-parents. Anybody who relates to this knows how heartbreaking and damaging it is over and over to witness and be affected by. On the other hand, my grandparents were a pastor and minister and have always taken time to make sure I am spiritually fed and armed. Their hope gave me hope as well. Something I wanted more than anything when I was young was to have sober parents. Eight years ago, when I was 21, my mom got sober after a series of catastrophic events. She has been sober for ever since and even became a drug and alcohol counselor for women like herself. Even though we are both continually recovering in our own ways, her story still gives me hope, and she gives other women hope now, too. It's a miracle, and I'm grateful every day. My dad had a brief time of sobriety, but it didn't last. I still have hope for him too, though, even though he is currently on such a dark and dangerous path, and during times like this, we have to go to our separate ways. I have hope because I know God sees him, and his life has already been written out. I don't know what his story will be, but I know it will have purpose someday. I have never stopped praying for both of my parents. Even though they have both ridiculed and mocked me for it, the reason I wanted to share my story is because I know so many people have the same experience of being a child affected by addiction and experiencing a lifetime of struggle and pain. Don't give up hope, friends. Never, ever give up hope, even when you feel like nothing could be worse and you're totally alone. I've been there. Try to remember that hope is like a flame, and we as Christians are all holding our own torches, which represent our stories of both pain and joy. I hope that my flame can help ignite the flames of others so the world might seem brighter for those who are still in the darkness.
0: Wow, Stephanie, that's an amazing story, just of um, your desire to pray for your parents. And I think that's something that stood out to me in your story, just the hope that you have that they can be um, come to know Christ as well and that they can walk in a way that's pleasing to God. And that's your desire for them. And ultimately you have your hope in Christ. And that's just such a beautiful reflection of the spirit of God working within you.
1: Yeah, it's inspiring. Just like you wanted it to be Steph, um, or Stephanie. I don't know if you go by Steph. I'll call you Steph. Um, Because the the way you you use your story, um, not only being open with it, but seeking to encourage and inspire others, it really is inspiring. and you, you might be an author. I don't know if you already are, but there's an author inside there. Your, your writing is really beautiful and uh, your story even more beautiful. So Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing. And, and guys listening, it's that kind of story that is so inspiring to us. And we want to share it with all of you. And so um, share those stories with us. It, it's very encouraging. And uh, we trust you all are encouraged as well. You know, Stephanie's story Uh, reminds me actually of the children that my mom is actively serving and seeking to bless. And we'll get into that discussion. And I think all of you will really be empowered and motivated to make a difference in this world with your life after listening to this episode.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to hear what mom has to share today.
1: Yeah, so mom, welcome to the Hope We Hold podcast.
2: Oh, I'm
0: so happy to be here with you, but also with your listening
2: audience. And Stephanie's story truly is impactful. I was so impressed with the fact that uh, she prayed, and she didn't stop praying. And uh, that was probably the best thing she could do, and she mm-hmm. never lost hope. Mm-hmm. Even though God had her weight, and it was a painful weight. Um, God was strengthening her character through that weight and he was doing some mighty things so wow what an inspiration
1: that's 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 really cool and we've enjoyed having you here uh, you and dad Visiting Felicity, and I guess seeing us <laughs> as well. Oh, we, right? we
2: visit you too, but just <laughs> here to see us. <laughs> she's awfully <laughs> cute, and yeah. at two years old, and from... she's
1: really connecting on a, a level you guys haven't connected before, isn't that's she? That's
2: right. Well, we were we saw her two months ago. Of course, we're from Pennsylvania, and you're from California, so that's a long distance. So about every two months we see. But we noticed that the last time we saw her two months ago, she was only saying words, many words, and this time she's actually saying sentences but expressing herself yeah. very dramatically and, it's and beautifully
1: and with an opinion
2: oh
0: yes it's she's so, an opinion. And so sweet to see though yeah. it's really mm-hmm. sweet yeah. she's so fun
1: um well it's it's been fun to to have you mom so so welcome oh, thank you
0: yeah so today we want to discuss um time as a gift from god and how we can find our calling and purpose during the various seasons of our lives so mom talk to us about how life changes and how we find ourselves in different situations.
2: Well, you know, everyone listening and for us as well, uh, we go through various seasons of time and we're often, we can be at crossroads. um, We have to determine what we're gonna do next. So for example, I, I can distinctly remember I had gone through 16, 17, 18 years of school and then all of a sudden I was at that crossroad, like all I've ever known my whole life was being a student And now I have to cross into being in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people I, you know, obviously have been in the workforce for many, many years and then suddenly get terminated for one reason or another and they're at a crossroads. And for me, most recently, I was at a big crossroads um, because I had put my heart and soul and strength into raising my children. And I gave that the, the best years of my youth. And then all of a sudden, they didn't need me anymore, <laughs> which was actually we still need you. <laughs> well, in a different way, um, you worked which yourself was, out of a yeah, job. Yeah, I worked myself out of a job, which was what I was supposed to do. But then I mm-hmm. thought, well, gee, now at this later age, who wants to hire me? Uh, what should I be doing? So those are the crossroads that I wanted to talk about because um, I found that we have t- that I had time on my hands mm-hmm. and um, my, my children were scattered and my grandchild was across the country. Um, I do invest in the women in my church and different ministries in my church, but I had mm, 40 hours a week that, you know, I had to spare. So what was I going to (laughs) do?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, mom, everybody can relate to what you just said. And I mean, everyone, um, whether you've just, gone from high school, and now you're you're debating, should I go to college, shouldn't I, whether this was your graduating year from college, what a year to graduate college, You're 2020, and um, you're at a crossroads. I mean, every single person can relate to what you just said. And for your stage of life, um, you know, it was, it was what did you say earlier um, when we were talking this week, and, um, empty nester, right? You, you realized, okay, you've worked yourself out of a job. Um, your your kids are out of the home. Um, but that's not for everyone, but everyone can relate to that transition. Right. And, and so what do we do? Um, Mom, you've been really good at being disciplined and focused with your time and really with your calling. And, and um, not all of us naturally are like that, even me, and I've got your genes. Yeah. Um, so where do we begin when We're seeking to find our calling and purpose. We're at this crossroads in life and we're asking questions like, what next? Right. What now? Sometimes it's even so deep as saying, who am I? Exactly. You know, you've been on a journey of of learning and discovering even your own gifts, talents, and you're saying, what am I going to do with this life? You know, I'm 18. I'm going to college. Should I go to college? I'm um, fifty-seven, and you know, empty nester, what do I do? So, where do we begin?
2: That's a great question. And as Christians, the the safest place to begin is with the Lord. Obviously, um, prayer is um, is what God wants us to do. He wants us to communicate with Him. He's our Father, and um, so I I think the first and the best place to start is just take make sure that you're taking time to be quiet before the Lord. Um, and in that time, you can um, examine, you can think about, well, what are my gifts? Or what are the resources that I have? Um, what are my passions? What are my desires? What needs can I meet and who can I serve? What opportunities are at hand? and maybe what has worked in the past and what has not worked in the past. Those are kind of things that we start with and, um, we examine and try to get an accurate view of who we are before the Lord. And I'll tell you what, when we're asking the Lord, how can I use the gifts that you've given me for your glory and for the good of others? It's a prayer he's going to answer. We know we have confidence that we can ask that, that question, He's going to answer it.
0: Mm. Wow, that's so helpful. I think we can sometimes see prayer as a waste of time or it's not really getting anything done. But it was Martin Luther who said that, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe that's not a law for each of us, but his point is clear that prayer does something and it's absolutely essential.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll just add, it, it was said of uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, the great English preacher in the 20th century, that, that he didn't pray because he believed in God. Uh, it was said of Lloyd-Jones that he believed in God, so he prayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer is communicating with the living God who acts, and so as Christians, we believe that not only God is, but He is who He said He is, which means He's a God who wants to communicate with us in prayer. He wants to answer our prayer. Um, and Mom, I've been so impressed by your prayer life. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, you've you've really become over the last 15 years uh, a, a woman. Not that you weren't a woman of prayer before, but I think there was a distinct uh, shift and 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 change in your conviction where there was a period in your life where you were really driven to 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 pursue the Lord in prayer, and I think some of that has to do with um, your admiration of George Mueller, and maybe we'll get into kind of that part in your journey later when we Mm -hmm. see how God's worked in your life. Um, But you've really become a woman who, if I was asked to describe my mom, um, and I was given three things, one of them would certainly be a woman of prayer.
2: Right. Well, you know, um, prayer and the Word, right? Because we. We need to tie our thinking to the Word of God, so that our um, what we ask for, what our desires are, are running with the will of God. But you know, in our sanctification, in our growth in grace over the years, God humbles us. So young, as a young Christian, um, I was still of the mind that I could, I would just go out and do things in my own strength, thinking, oh, I can do that. I can do this. Um, And that's really what it was, was pride. Um, And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. But the older I get, now on the one hand, my experiences and my gifts are developing over the years. So in one sense, I'm getting more capable over the years. But from a spiritual sense, as I grow in the Lord, I'm seeing myself as more needy and more, more empty of myself and the need, absolute dependence on God for every, everything. And um, you know, we pray without ceasing, the, the more we, because I need God all the time. I, there's a song, you know, the hymn, I need thee every hour. I need him every minute, every 30 seconds, you know, and, and the more humble we are, and that's what, growth and grace will do, God is after our pride all the time, right? And he'll show us who we really are before him, the more we need him. But then there's something that's paradoxical. The more we need him, the more he shows himself to us. He gets bigger And, um, and that becomes exciting. I mean, who are we communing with? We are communing with the creator of all the universe. The one who is perfectly holy, perfectly powerful, perfectly loving, perfectly merciful, who doesn't rebu doesn't um, hate us for our sin and just withdraw because of our sin, but he pours out more grace. He's empathetic. He's compassionate towards sinners. Um, I mean, we get to commune with him any moment that we want. <laughs> yeah. It becomes so exciting.
1: Yeah, and in relation to what we're talking about in. terms of pursuing direction, Um, like you said, prayer is an act of, it's a demonstration of dependence and humble dependence. And so that's where we begin, Mm -hmm. okay, Lord, I'm at this crossroads in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where I should go. Well, it it begins with prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, But where else do we go after prayer?
2: Well, it's always a good idea to seek counsel. and uh, and the abundance of counsel, their safety. We know ourselves to some degree, but others know us from a different, more objective perspective. So for example, when I had this crossroads of being an empty nester, um, I started with saying, who can I serve? How can I serve? And the Lord was guiding me in a particular direction, which we can talk about later. But then I would bring my thoughts about that direction, first and foremost, to my husband. Because we have a running dialogue all the time. Every time I, any decision, I'm oftentimes asking my husband. And I always expose my thinking and my feeling and my growth and my my weaknesses and my sins to him. So he's a...
1: yeah, and let me just say, um, not to jump in, although I am jumping in. You just said something which, okay, let's, let's. this is a diversion, but you just said expose my thinking to him. Mm-hmm. That's such an important part of mm-hmm. relationship, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And a husband and wife relationship. Communication. communication. If you guys haven't listened mm-hmm. to our ep- episode on communication, go check that out because it has to do with what mm-hmm. my mom just said, exposing your thinking to one another. Um, that builds relationship, helps relationships thrive. So sorry, I don't mean to distract. Yeah,
0: but. no, but I like that too because the weaknesses too, not just your just what you your desires and your goals, but your weaknesses as well. And then he he sees you in like every situation and is able to then give you counsel and where he thinks you know you guys can move. Absolutely,
2: together. Ginger, and uh, as as it says in the Proverbs, you know that it's a safety net. In the abundance of counsel, there's safety. Mm-hmm. And if I really, you know, communication to God and communication with others as Christians, we really want the truth. We really want to know God answers those prayers. And then when we go to others for counsel, they'll tell us the truth because we're making it easy for them to yeah. tell us the truth. And, you know, when I started on the venture that we'll be talking about after my, as my nest got emptied, now that I've been in, it, in this space, for 10 years, in this direction for 10 years, people have often along the way, when they said, hey, Diana, what are you doing now that your nest is empty? What are you doing? And I'll tell them, they go, that's really you, hmm. you know? <laughs> so even people I didn't wow. seek counsel from that knew me from years ago, they'll go, that's you. Wow. And um, and you know, it's interesting in that tapestry as we have these crossroads, it's a very scary, scary time hmm. oftentimes. And, um, but God is weaving a tapestry through our lives. And what you'll notice is that even though what you do, you decide to do at this crossroads, it might be very different. There are gifts and graces and things from your life that all were leading to that point. So it will make sense. Hmm. And it yeah. will be effective because of
1: because That's good. There's safety and counsel. And so we've moved from our knees to conversation. So we've moved from a conversation with God to now a conversation with people who you know, who trust, who you trust, who love you. Um, What's next?
2: Well, after you gathered all that information and you have examined the pros and the cons and examined your resources and you have that basic idea, you actually need to get started. (laughs) And there's safety in that too. It's almost like, okay, I'm gonna dive off the 30 foot dive. I hope I don't do a belly flop. But uh, because you've done it carefully, uh, it's probably not going to be a belly flop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God loves us so much. He guards and guides us. So, um, I, again, in my daily dependence upon God, I'll just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to start mm-hmm. and I'm going to take the step. You know, the car's got out, got to get out of park and you got to put it in drive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll just say, Hey, I'm going to go in this direction. If, if you want me to, if you want to me to go in another direction just put up the guardrail I'll see it and I'll I'll go over in a new direction or whatever but he is our guard and our guide
0: and that's really beautiful yeah I think for me the hardest thing is oftentimes just taking the first step and I have all these ideas things I want to do but then actually taking the first step is the hardest thing for me and I I mean I guess fear of failure or whatever it may be Um, but that's really good that God will guide you and direct you yeah, and in that's
1: – babe, that's been the experience of your life too though because um, I know in terms of, you know, you said expose your thinking to each other. And as Ginger and I talk and she does have opportunities and desires to do this or do that, it is that, that fear of taking that first step. Mm-hmm. But every time she takes that first step, it's I like don't, magic. I don't regret it. No, <laughs> Just, she doesn't regret it. And I'm sitting back there going, wow, like what can't my wife do? And yet it's very cool because – um, maybe others get to see what she's doing, but I'm the one who got to see her thinking and then her fears and her, her, her doubt of going, I can't do this. And, and if I start this, it won't work. And then I get to see it flourish time after time after time. And I'm just sat back going, wow. Like, it, but it comes down to taking that first mm.
2: step. Yes. And it also comes down to being courageous, mm. being, having courage. And that's a character quality God wants us to to have.
1: Yeah, people who—it takes courage to change this world. It does. It it takes courage to step out of the status quo. It takes courage to swim upstream. It takes courage to do big things. Mom, I'm so excited for our listeners to hear your journey um, because what you're doing takes courage. Um, And so you're not going to change this world without courage. And you look at the innovators and you look at those who've, whether it's in the tech field, whether it's in science and medicine, whether it's in literature, whether it's in politics, religion, it was those people who courageously stepped out and took a stand or risked it all um, that we read about in the history books, mm-hmm. that we look up to in our lives. And so, mom, that is so inspiring. Um we begin on our knees, then it goes to counsel, from prayer to counsel, to, to taking the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that word. And mom, it comes with authority because it comes from you, um, a woman who I've seen live this out. Mm-hmm. So talk to us now a bit about that journey in your life personally.
2: So here I'm at a crossroads, and, um, and I think I have like 40 hours in every week that are a little or, or on the empty side. So what do I do? So I started where I was, and I'm a, I'm a violinist. I'm a musician, and all along these years of raising my children, I also taught music for, for many, many years, and I did some research on music and found I know that music, the study of music, the disciplines of music, are, it's one of the the best disciplines to help children succeed. Music helps children intellectually. It raises their IQ. It helps them emotionally. It calms them down. It's release and you know you can express your emotions through it. It's just beautiful. It's calming. Uh, it, it, it reduces stress. It helps children socially when they're performing together or performing for an audience. Helps them to serve others. Uh, it just helps in every way. So um, music has always been a passion of mine and something I've done, and I've also taught children and seen them grow and develop through it. So that was something I had. Something my husband had was he was involved in counseling criminal offenders. And because he's a pastor, we would get to know these families and get involved and have them over for dinner or, or whatever. But So we would see how they were suffering, but we also got to see how their children were suffering. So during the season of time when my nest is empty, all of a sudden I'm seeing children that are suffering because their parents, either mother or father or both, are, are incarcerated. And it's a tremendously traumatic experience for the child, and there's a lot of suffering. And my heart just went right out to them. And I thought, what can I do to help these children? And I wasn't sure. But like I said, you know, through prayer and uh, the word and having the burden on my heart, the idea came to me. Why don't you start a nonprofit organization? Because I had known that not only are the children I know suffering, but 2.7 2.7 million children in the United States have a parent in prison. That's one in 28 children. There's a lot of children that are experiencing trauma, of separation, of abandonment, of continued or deepening poverty because their parents are in prison. Mm-hmm. And I knew music, wow, music is a great way to help children whose par- are affected who are affected by parental incarceration. So I started bouncing that idea around uh, through council, and it was just uh, everybody was affirming me that I should be investing in this sector of children. So I started the journey. I didn't know a whole lot about starting a nonprofit organization, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I remember that that day, actually. You were... Um, at 10th Presbyterian Church in oh, Philadelphia, visiting where James Boyce pastored and they have a beautiful organ and beautiful church. And I remember you coming home that day, I don't know if I was at home or if you called me or or what, um, but you, you had, I think midway through the service, right? You just the lightning bolt hit you of this idea. Well,
2: it had been brewing like, what can I do to help? And that morning in the morning service, they were talking about angel tree which was a prison ministry that Chuck Colson started. And uh, once a year, Christmas time, they provide a Christmas party and gifts for children whose parents are incarcerated. And so I thought, oh, well, that's wonderful. It's once a year, but it's, it's a wonderful thing. And then I went out to lunch with my friend and we went came back to the evening service. And so it wasn't like I was pondering this mm. specifically, but right before Sinclair Ferguson started preaching, this really, it was an idea that came to my mind and it wasn't like I was trying to figure it out. It was like I was unpacking a little uh, a box and I just thought, wow, I could provide music lessons and ensemble training and even mentoring and even biblical you know, um, teaching to children affected by parental incarceration. And uh, so I I was real excited about it and came home and started asking counsel and whatnot. But that that was the starting point.
1: So that's beautiful because everything you said about prayer and counsel is your experience. But then how in the world did you go about, you know, your, your kids have just left the home. Uh, you've known music your whole life. I mean, how in the world do you go about starting a nonprofit? And I don't mean the nuts and bolts, but it, it, as our listeners are are following along they're thinking too How, yeah but how in the world do you just start something? You know like what is even the first step to begin? So what was next in your journey? Well
2: the next thing was I, I contacted a chaplain of the Chester County prison system that we know and was very friendly and talked the idea with him and he was very enthusiastic but I was also a teacher at Lancaster Bible College where I was talking to some of uh, the director of the, the music department there and he loved the idea, and what happened is they started connecting me with other people, and I just, you know, it was like, you know, I expressed it, they, they said, hey, you should talk to so-and-so, so I went and talked to so-and-so, and then I would talk to them and have coffee with them, and they would say, well, you really need to talk to this person. And I just started, God was, was guiding me, I just took up all of those suggestions. And before you know it, one person was helping me with, um, you know, forming a mission statement, and another person was helping me draw up a business plan, and it just started happening. But I was a student as well. Like, I mean, I was learning from everybody. I was like a sponge. I knew nothing business-wise. I'm was i a performer. (laughs) I wasn't a business person. And, um, but God wanted this to happen, so I just followed the leads every day and you know I'd wake up and say well Lord you know I'm going to have a meeting with this person please help (laughs) and some some it wasn't um an easy journey there there were times where I felt like I was in a long dark tunnel trying to do things I wasn't quite sure how to do all by myself there were a lot of seasons like that but God see is testing our character too he's 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 working in perseverance and discipline and working on, you know, many things in our lives. So, as Stephanie said earlier in her hope story, it wasn't just, okay, I prayed this and then that happened. God had her wait. And that's oftentimes we're waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and, and because God is strengthening, strengthening our faith. We don't go by sight, you know, we're walking by faith on this side of heaven. So, He wants to strengthen things like that and perseverance but in time, you know, I was always playing what I called red light, yellow light, green light, you know, I would think is, well, not much is happening right now. I'm frustrated. Um, I'm kind of discouraged during the season. So I talked to my husband, my counselors, right? And and my husband would often say, um, well, you know, Diana, all of this, here's the positives. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Let's give this a few more months. And if this yellow light, Well, you know, turns red, then maybe we should stop what we're doing. But if it turns green, you're encouraged, then keep going. And every time I was in this long yellow light, discouraged little time, season, we would do that, and lo and behold, three months later, the light was green. I was encouraged. The engines were going. We were going forward. So now I have this nonprofit, and I'll tell you what it is. You know, I've told you that we're helping children who've experienced trauma with music and the impact has been really thrilling. God is blessing. Uh, so we're far enough into it now, nine years into it, mm-hmm. that we've started to see wow. some wonderful impact. The first years I was doing it, I was spending 40, 50 hours a week toward this nonprofit for eight children. And that, then the next year, it was like for 12 or 15 children. And I would say, Chuck, I'm spending my life trying to build this nonprofit from scratch for eight to 12 children. And he would remind me, he said, you know what? Jesus left 99 to find one. Those eight children, those 12 children are worth every bit of your effort.
1: Yeah. You know, as as Americans, um, we like to measure things by quantity don't we? And
2: by paychecks. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Quantity of money, quantity of people, you know, that pastor is successful if he has a big church or businessman successful if he has big numbers. Mm. Um, Jesus didn't measure by quantity. Mm -hmm. He measures by quality, not to be corny, but it's true. And I remember, Mom, there was a moment where, because it's tough starting a nonprofit, like you said, there's ups, there's downs. Um, And I remember you told the story of, of, somehow it was a couple years in and you were able to radically impact one child's life mm-hmm. and i remember you coming back from the hospital where that child's grandmother had just passed away and seeing how god had placed you in a in a place where this child's life was changed for the good because of you and you told me jeremy if all swan ever is is for that one child it's all worth it That's quality of work. And so we've got to get out of this mindset of like, success means, you know, numbers. No, your life, if you alter and and change for good, one other person's life or their thinking, or it's successful. And so um, for our listeners, you want your life to make a difference. You focus on on the depth of your ministry, God focuses on the breadth of your ministry. Um, you focus on how deep and how genuine and how real and how well you can serve. God will take about take care of how far and expansive your influence is. And mom, that's the testimony of your, your life. You you cared about the one uh, out of the ninety nine that had strayed,
2: and so many mothers. Are caring for one or two or three children day in and out and they're giving their children the best years of their life the the years of their youth and uh, they're not getting a paycheck and they're having to scrimp on one paycheck and uh, maybe they're even homeschooling and they're doing skills that they never thought they could do there's so many people that are doing that and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves by looking at it from a worldly perspective, like, oh, that's all you're doing, you just stay home with your two children, or your three children, or your ten children, that's all you do. Um, God looks at it very differently. This is very paradoxical, and that's why we have to live by faith and live by the Word. It's our guard and our guide. and. Um, the treasure is in heaven, you know, Mm. (laughs) it's not always in this life. Mm. So we're, we're storing up treasure in heaven and we'll have hopefully many crowns to give to the Lord Jesus who deserves Mm. the crowns that we, he gives us the grace to do what we do. And then he gives us crowns for it. Mm. We'll, we'll want to lay those, those crowns at his feet. Mm.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, most definitely. It's been such joy just to see everything that's gone with SWAN and just meeting those kids and just how much of an impact that the Lord allowed you to make in their lives through SWAN. So could you real quick share a story of um, one child whose life has been impacted by SWAN?
2: Oh, I'd love to. Jeremy referred to me visiting a grandmother in hospice care Um, and that grandmother was a believer. She was very poor and she had been not even well taught as a Christian But in her dying week, I visited her there, and she prayed for her granddaughter. And I'll tell you, God answered those prayers. Um, We were able to serve Brianna and get her into a private school. She's a very intelligent little girl that was being bullied terribly in the school she was in. So we transferred her school, and she started to excel. and, And of course, had other mentors besides Swan. We gave her voice training. We gave her performance opportunities. And she blossomed. Mm. Um, She recently graduated from high school, which was a big deal because I don't know that too many of her relatives had graduated. Mm. And now she's off to college. And she wants to be. She was very traumatized all through her life. I mean, her life is just a trail of trauma. But she's turned, she, instead of being bitter, she says she wants to become better. Mm. And now she wants to become a person, the person that she needed when she right. was going through a tough time. So her goal now mm. is to be a music and art therapist. So it comes around. And so, you know, I might have those. She was the first student I ever had. So she was the one I was pouring out for years and years mm. with only a few students. But I don't know how many children she'll impact, mm. you know. And when we ch- change the life of one child, we're changing the life for many generations of lives. So I just want to encourage our listening audience that God's always up to something good. Do pray and see how you can glorify Him and serve others. It's a prayer He'll answer.
0: Wow, so good, Mom. Thank you for sharing all of that. So just, I mean, if we have time and opportunities, it's so important that we use them wisely. And so just kind of going back over that, I mean, Number one, pray. And number two, take counsel and then get going and take that first step to do it. Absolutely.
1: Mom, thank you so much for sharing and hanging out with us today. And for our listeners, if you want to learn more about my mom's nonprofit, go to www.swan4kids.org. That's www.swan4kids.org and she's got a ton of resources there uh, about what they do and, and how you could even come alongside her and make a difference. Um, but we hope and trust that this was inspiring and encouraging to you that, that you would make a difference where you are with your gifts, with your time, with your opportunities. Well, guys, thank you so much for sitting with us today on the Hope We Hold podcast. We trust that you were encouraged.
0: And it is our hope that your hope would be in Christ alone.